Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And, uh, well, Matthew chapter 11 first. And in Matthew. How's that better? Okay. I always put it there. Bad boy. <laughs> Electronics. You got you got to love them, right? Yeah. See, I don't like putting it on the tie because if the coat goes over the top, it, yeah, you get that. Anyway, whatever. But we're gonna be. Uh, huh? Oh, I thought I heard something. Uh, huh? Hey, hello. <clears throat> if it gets too bad, we'll go to the we'll go to the um, pulp, uh, the pulpit mic. Uh, but anyway, um, we'll we'll be in 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 both of these passages in a minute, but. Uh, as my wife told you, we went to Folsom, California last Monday to a pastor's conference, and um, it was a different kind of pastor's conference for us, and we've been to uh, several over the years. And most of the time, it's preachers preaching to uh, preachers. Does that make sense? Uh, because pastors need to get preached at. Okay, we need to be fed too. But this this conference was a little different in the in the sense that it was more of a educational, these are some things you need to know that are going on in our country today. Uh, incredibly helpful. Uh, what, it was an in, incredible blessing. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, the name of the conference was the state of the church and the state of your church. So they, they, they did, a, uh, you know, they kind of brought you up to speed on what's going on in churches across our country but then challenged us to um, make sure that our church, our local church, is healthy and thriving. And it was, it was incredible. It was, it was a true blessing. But I have to be perfectly honest. I, you know, those, those of you that know me know that I'm very transparent in, in a lot of what I say. Um, so tonight is really, tonight is just me sharing my heart with you, what God did in my heart. Okay, this is really not not so much of a sermon as it is me just sharing my heart tonight. When we left for the conference on Monday morning, my wife knew because I had told her, um, but nobody else knew. But I honestly, and, and God is my witness, I did not think that our van with 300, 305,000 miles was going to make it over the mountain and into Sacramento because of the heavy load that I was carrying. I felt, and I'm sure you've felt this way too, but I felt the entire weight of the world on my shoulders Monday morning. All day Sunday, my, my heart was just so heavy 
and it got worse Monday morning. And and honestly, when I I I, I sat down in the van, I ex, I expected all the tires in the van to just blow because of the heavy weight I was carrying. And I thought, why in the world am I going to a pastor's conference? I, I need to be going to a mental hospital. <laughs> no, I didn't. I honestly, I didn't think that. But, but I, I, honestly, I, the, the burden was just so heavy. Just incredible. I, I, it has been a long, long time since I carried that kind of weight. But last Sunday was a bad day for me. And most of you didn't even know it. Because you know why? It's because we get good at hiding. Now, I need to explain to you my personality type. My personality is I'm a fixer. That's what I do. If something's broke, I fix it. I've done that physically in my life for the majority of my life. That's what I did in the military. I did that. Um, I, I, I've just That's what I do. And when it comes to things in the church, I'm even more of a fixer. I just need to fix things. After all, I'm the pastor, right? If I can't fix it, it's really broken. And I couldn't fix it. There was nothing I could do to fix the... the, the, the the problem that was causing so much grief in my life. You know, we pastors think that we're special. I'm just being honest. We, we think that we are immune to the problems that everybody else suffers. That God gives us a special dispensation. Okay? All right, you're a pastor. You're allowed to worry. It's okay. But heaven forbid one of you worry, because I'm going to be all over you and, and telling you, stop that. But it's okay for me to do it, right? And how it works? <laughs> well, that's, that's what we think, is it not? It, it, nobody else is allowed to have these problems but me. And I did, like everybody else, more than likely. I allowed this heavy weight to drag me down. I allowed myself to be crushed under the pressure of this weight. Well, we get to this stupid conference, and we, well, when we got there, I felt like it was a stupid conference, okay? I'm just being honest, okay? You, You know, you've been there. You know, and we pull up, and I'm like, you know, and you got to do the, hi, hey, how you doing? Oh, doing great, yeah. How's the church? Oh, oh, wonderful. God is so good. You, you know how it is. We're, we're so pious. And the very first session, we get there, they have they have bottles of water and cookies and, you know, and, and and all this stuff and we're all standing around talking and and um, the very first session 
uh, the ladies leave for uh, uh, for their session, and and so all these preachers are sitting in this room, and the 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 very first point in the very first lesson the guy teaches is in the book of Ephesians. And I'm sitting there thinking, you have got to be kidding me. But God started to work in my heart. And by the time he finished reading this passage, my heart started to melt. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him, get that, unto him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God started to work in my heart and my life, and he started through this <clears throat> process of helping me to let go of the load that I was carrying. So the, the title of my message tonight is simply Letting Go of the Load. Letting Go of the Load. Now you can go to Matthew chapter 11. As I sat there, you, you know how, you, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if everybody's like me. I, this is just me. If I have a real heavy heart over something, my, my mind can drift. And God used that passage in Ephesians to remind me, to start to remind me, this is his church. It's not mine. Just saying, Okay. It's his church. It's not mine. I just, I'm, I'm just the under-shepherd. That's it. I don't have the right to worry about anything. And he started to melt away this load. And, and as, as the, 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 there were two, two main speakers, as they spoke, <clears throat> my mind started drifting back. To, a, to this passage in Matthew chapter 11. And God, in between the speakers and, 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 uh, and then after even uh, Monday night at, at the hotel, we sat and talked a, a good bit. And then um, even driving to the beach, uh, God was doing a, a wonderful work in my heart and my life. But in my mind, I kept coming back to this passage <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 11. So Matthew chapter 11, let's start reading verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke, uh, excuse me, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. I ask that you would use this passage not only to continue to work in my heart and life, but that you would work in the hearts and lives of many here tonight. 
And we're so thankful for your word, for the comfort it can bring. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. What do you think I mean by letting go of the load? Anybody? What do you think I mean by that? Giving up our burdens? Not dwell? Okay. Giving it to God? But but what I was doing was I was giving it to God, but then after a couple of minutes, I'd say, okay, God, you've had it long enough. I want it back. Yeah, exactly. And we can get caught up doing so much that we lose our focus. Now, our theme this year is focusing on the Lord, and I think it's, I believe it's a good theme. But oftentimes we can get so caught up with the quote unquote things of the ministry uh, that we lose track of why we do church. We can get so consumed with reading our Bible and going to church and, and telling others about Jesus and praying and, 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 and doing all of this stuff. It's, you know, I, I liken it almost like a checklist where you, you get up and you read your Bible and you go, and you pray, oh, you know what I'm saying? It becomes a checklist instead of something, hey, I want to get up and I want, I need that fellowship with God. And we get so consumed with the doing that we forget why we're supposed to be doing it. We go, 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 do, 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 serve, serve, serve. And, and me, I think, 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 and then I worry, worry, worry. How many, are, how many of you with me on that one? Then suddenly we are burdened down with something that is crushing us. Jesus says, wait a minute. You need to change directions. I love what he says. In verse 20, in fact, it's the first point. He says, quit chasing the world and come unto me. Point number one, come unto me. Come unto me. Now, I believe, and when Jesus makes a statement, he is making it to the saved and to the unsaved. The rest that he is offering us is, a, is, is not necessarily a physical rest, but is rest for our souls. I say uh, not necessarily because I believe that if our if we are unsettled in our souls, then we will be unsettled in our physical bodies. Does that make sense? So if we will take care of our souls, then physically we can have rest as well. <clears throat> uh, 
he goes on to describe two types of people here. The first one he describes is all ye that labor. These, these are the people that are busy, do, 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 and constantly on the go. These are the people that, for the unsaved world, this is the, these are the people that are trying to earn the favor with God. These are the people that are going through life trying to balance the scale of good and bad and thinking, okay, if I do enough good, then when I die, God will weigh, weigh all my good and bad deeds. But I'm here to tell you, for the Christians, it's really not a whole lot different. We do the exact same thing. We just do it religiously. All ye that labor, the, the, we get so consumed with do, do, do. I have to do all this in order to please God. I, need, I have to read my Bible in order for God to be pleased with me. I have to spend time. No, you don't have to. You should. All ye that labor. And these are the people that struggle through life because everything becomes a chore. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, let not of works, lest any man should boast. There is nothing, there is nothing an unsaved person can do to earn favor with God. But I'm here to tell you the same thing applies to the Christian. All ye that labor. God wants to spend time with you. He's not a heavy-handed God and ready to slap you around the first time you miss reading your Bible in the morning. He wants that time with you. All ye that labor. The second type of soul he's talking about is, he says, and are heavy laden. That's me. That's me. I, I'm the type of person that, that just carries the burden. That likes to, I, I, I see something and I, I, if I can't fix it, what do I do? I stick it in my little backpack and I carry it around with me. And eventually it weighs me down. The heavy laden. You're going to be one or the two. You're going to be the head, you're going to be the the person who's going to try and earn favor with God, or you're going to be the kind like me who's going to carry the burden around until until it carries you down, trying to fix it on your own. And God stands back and, and looks at me. I can't imagine how many times God laughs at me. I, I'm just being honest. Rick, you're doing it again. Let it go. Let me have it. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Jesus' plea is a plea of compassion. Please understand that. It's a plea of compassion. Come unto me. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter who you are, no matter what color your hair is, even if you don't even have hair, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> Rick's, yeah, Bob and Rick back there, that counts me. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm almost there, guys. 
It doesn't matter. Jesus' plea of compassion is to all men. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The rest of the soul. Henry, or excuse me, Harry Emerson Fosdick said this, some people have just enough religion to make themselves miserable. Come, everyone that is tired. Are you tired tonight? Come, everyone that is living a double life. Come, everyone that is unable to be perfect. Come, everyone that's looking for rest. But get this. Where, where is he calling you to come to? Is he calling you to come to church? Is he calling you to come to the pastor? Is he calling you to give money to the church? What is he telling you? Come where? To him. Come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And as I was sitting in this conference and, and, and God started opening my eyes to what I had been doing, <clears throat> this burden just started to melt away. And I started to realize as, as he was teaching on the state of the church, he made many, many mentions, and, and, and this is not a sermon on that. Uh, this, that's for another time. But he made many, many, many references to the fact of it's his church. It's, his, it's not your church. It's his church. And God started peeling away the burden that I was carrying. Point number one, come unto me. Number two. Take my yoke. Look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and I <clears throat> and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember as a young believer, the very first time that I read this verse, I thought, <clears throat> wait a minute. The the first verse says, Come unto me, all you the labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And then he says, Take my yoke upon you. And, and I, that, that's an oxymoron. I, I, wait a minute. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I want to give, give you the burden. I don't want to take on another burden. Does that make sense? And I struggled, I'll be honest with you, it, it, that verse, verse 29, is a, is a verse that I have struggled, I struggled with for years, just being honest, until I studied it, and I figured out what Jesus was saying. You know, Jesus always uses word pictures, or, well, not always, but most of the time uses word pictures or parables, or different things to help us understand what he's trying to communicate. Who was he talking to? 
primarily. Peasants, right? Farmers, they knew what yokes were. Jesus, being a carpenter, knew how to make yokes, I'm sure. And he understood the importance of a yoke. So I, I did, this has been a few years back, but I did, I did some research, and this is what I found out. <clears throat> if, a, if the yoke is too big, the oxen will not pull well. Or if the, if the, if the yoke is too small, it limits the, the oxen's ability to work. So right out of the gate, I found out, I figured out, that the yoke, for the most part, was custom made to the set of oxen that you had. There wasn't a Walmart you went down and bought a yoke. Okay, You hired a carpenter, i.e. Jesus, to custom fit a yoke for your particular oxen. So if it was too big, it'd be too clunky. If it was too small, it, 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 the, the oxen wouldn't work too well. If it was too heavy, uh, it, would, it, would, it would hinder uh, the, the oxen's ability to work long days. But if it was too lightweight, what, what do you think would happen? It would break under the pressure. So the construction of the yoke... Is, is super important to the success of the team of oxen. But what is even more important is the oxen itself. See, they wouldn't just pick two random oxen, oxes, oxen, oxi, <laughs> you know, cows, okay? Oxen. Oxen is plural. Okay, what is single? Ox. Okay. So you wouldn't just go to the market and say, okay, I, I want that ox and that ox, and we're going to put them together and make a team out of them. You wouldn't do that. They had to be, they had to be matched together, their temperaments. They, you always had one that was the alpha, that was the one that would, would be the, the main driving force, if you would. The other one would be typically younger and, and inexperienced. And then the, the, the yoke would then be, be custom fit for that team. And then as, as the old one retired, <laughs> then they would then move the, 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 what was the young one. Uh, they would bring another young one in, and then he would become the alpha, and so on and so forth. So it was it was it was you have to understand it's not so much how the 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 yoke is made but how the yoke works. Now, let me ask you a question. How or or not not what how what is Jesus trying to communicate here in verse 29? Anybody? Okay, his, his yoke is custom fit just for you. Is that what he's saying? 
I'm asking you. Is that what he's saying? No, that's not what he's saying. Because there's always a team. There's always two oxen. So what Jesus is saying is that he is the other oxen and that he will help you pull through life. You see it? Take my yoke upon you. He is the alpha in the yoke, absolutely. And as long as we follow him and we pull together, great things can be accomplished. What do you think happens with a younger ox, ox, not a younger oxen, a younger ox, that wants to do his old thing, his own thing? What do you, what do you think happens to the team? He's going to drag him along until he gets the idea. He's going to force his will on the younger one. You see what Jesus is trying to tell us? Let's read it again, under, understanding the context of what he's trying to say. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and I shall, and, and ye shall find rest to your souls. See, Jesus is saying, look, if you will team up with me, not only will we make a great team, but I will custom fit a yoke that is perfect for the both of us. And together we can do great things. Verse 30, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's an incredible statement. His yoke is easy. In other words, what he's saying is, it is going to be the perfect size. And the burden that I'm going to, to excuse me, help you through, the burden of life is going to be easy. Now, does that mean it's going to be carefree and and without trouble, we talked about that this morning. No, that's not what it means. But with his help, the two of you, the two of us, can accomplish great things. Psalm chapter 55, verse, 12, uh, verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, and he shall suffer the righteous to be moved. Excuse me, he shall never, I knew I knew I missed a word there. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. See, his promise is not to remove the burdens, but to help us carry the burdens. See, the burden that I had last Sunday is still there. It's still there. But it's not... I, I'm not being crushed under the weight of it anymore. Does that make sense? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Point number three. 
Number one, come unto me. Number two, take my yoke. Number three, learn of me. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What, what are we to learn? You know, that, to me, that's a, that's a logical question, is it not? What, what are we supposed to learn? Well, he tells us what we're supposed to learn. The first thing is we, we, we need to learn his nature, who he is. He, he tells us, he says that he is meek and lowly of heart. Or that, that means he's gentle and compassionate. He's not going to, to slap an a, a oversized yoke on you and say, now get to work, you lazy dog, and, and, and drive you into the ground. That's not what God's going to do. Now, we might do that, but God's not going to do that. We need to understand what his nature is. Too often, people have an impersonal image of God, that, a God that sits sits in heaven on his throne and he and he kind of moves his finger and ma- you know makes things happen that that's not the god that we know that's not the god of this book he's a very compassionate and loving god who cares about you Matthew chapter 10 verses 29 to 31 are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them fall uh, shall shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very heads, <clears throat> excuse me, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear ye not; therefore, ye are more valuable than one of uh, than than many sparrows. God knows. If God knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, if He knows how many hairs are in your head. He knows what's going on in your life, and he cares. And he says, not only do I know when a sparrow falls, but you are more important than many sparrows. He gives us a word picture in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So not only should we learn about his desire or his nature, but we should also learn about his desire. His desire is to have rest for your soul. That's his desire. His desire is that you will come unto Him and that you will give Him your burdens so that you can have rest. That's His desire. Just as God did not want me to carry the heavy load that I was carrying, God does not want you to carry the heavy load quite possibly that you're carrying tonight as well. Every time I think of these three verses in Matthew chapter 11, I think of a story. I've shared this story uh, at least a couple, maybe three, four times in in the history of our church. But uh, it is a story that uh, I think is very appropriate to 
not only this passage, but to how we live our lives. And I, I think it's appropriate to the way I live my life. There was a, an old farmer that was going to market. He had harvested some, some of his, his vegetables and different things, and he had, he had placed them on his back. And he was, he was walking up the dirt road in, into the village, and he was, as, he was, as he was trudging along, carrying this incredibly heavy load on his back, a man with a cart came by and invited him to get in the cart. And he said, hey, get in the cart. I'll take you to town with me. So the guy crawls in the back of the cart with his heavy load on, and he gets into the cart, and the guy starts <clears throat> down, down the road, and he, and he turns back, and he sees the old man standing in the back of the cart with the load still on his back. He says, he says, why don't you take the load off? He says, I don't want to be a burden to you. That's how many of us live. That's how I live my life. Way too often. God says, hey, Rick, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I'll, I'll say, okay, God, I'll come to you. I'll come to you, but I'm going to keep the burden on because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to burden you with my problems. How stupid can we be? His desire for us is to get in the cart and, and take the load off. And jump up in the driver's seat <laughs> with him. What an incredible burden that many of us carry. He is meek and lowly of heart. His desire is that you will find rest to your soul. But it is interesting that rest only comes after we know him. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart and you shall find rest in your soul. See, rest only comes after we take the time to get to know God. Get to spend time with him. Read his word. Spend time in prayer. It's then that God can remove those burdens. Jesus' invitation brought me out of darkness on Monday and Tuesday. I'm so thankful that we went and God used that time to do a work in my heart and my life. I was honestly, I was in a dark, I was in a dark place, and my wife would tell you she she knows I was. I'm so thankful that God lifted that burden. One of the things that took place at this conference was <clears throat> there was a man there. His name was Ben Everson. I don't know if any of you have ever heard him. He's a he's a musician. And he's a very, very talented, talented guy. And the the uh, on Monday night, 
he he did a, a kind of a mini concert for all the pastors and their wives and it was very very encouraging <clears throat> but he sang a song that I, I don't know about my wife because she was kind of sitting a little behind me. No, I guess you weren't. I, I, okay, you were in front of me, but I still couldn't see her face because she was sitting next to me. But <clears throat> I don't know about my, I don't know about Melanie, but I, I was crying like a baby. He sang a song that Yeah, Chris is getting, can you, okay, I'm going to have you doing it, yeah. <clears throat> I had, I, I went on YouTube, <clears throat> and I, I found it on YouTube, and anyway, I asked Chris to, to yes, and that's what I was getting ready to do. It, there, there are three verses in the, in the song. The first one is about a pastor, a young pastor that he knows that was going through a very, very difficult time in, in his church. In his ministry, the second verse of the song is a another friend of his who has um, two children that have a rare genetic disease, and <clears throat> the doctors have told them that their children will not live past the age of ten. Right, um, and the third verse is for everybody else. So <clears throat> I don't normally do this, but I want to close the service with uh, his 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 version. Well, it's not his. I mean, he wrote the song. Uh, but uh, anyway, Chris, you want to go ahead and.